0: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome to another edition of the Inspire You, the podcast. What a pleasure it is right now to be with you. I'm Tony DeMott. And my special guest this time is the, the Prince of Praise, Mr. Byron Cage. Let's. How you doing, man? How's everything going? My brother, I'm cold and it's
1: snowing, but I'm not complaining. I'm I'm in the warmth. My bills are paid. I got heat. I got food. So it's all good, bro. It's all good.
0: I I have to say that I've been a fan of yours for a long time. I have followed your career for a long time. As a matter of fact, I was talking to a couple of friends of mine talking about this actual interview coming up and how excited I was about it. And the thing about it, we, we reminisced about when you were on the Cosby show singing oh in the choir.
1: Tony, come on, man. Come on. <laughs> hey man, you, you tell them my age, bro. You tell them my age. <laughs> but
0: but but you were young, you were young, you were young, Byron.
1: I was young, gifted, and black. You yes, know you know were. Man? Yeah. And now I'm just gifted in black now. So you know.
0: <laughs> I got you. Man, I have to tell you though, I mean, you are I'm so youthful. and I want to go straight to the workout because I'm gonna tell you. I, like I said, I follow you. I check you out, and and your youthfulness and your healthiness is amazing. As a matter of fact, I'll share a story with you. I remember you came here for our praise in the park, and you were doing and We were doing the outdoor concert, and there were like these steps going up. I mean, they they weren't really steps. They were like chunks of concrete and and granite, and you were moving up and down the granite, going in, in and out of the audience so easily. I was shooting video of you and I, you could hear me breathing in the background (laughs) (laughs) because I was nowhere in shape like you, man. That, that, that in itself is, uh, is an amazing testimony to you're working out. Um, and I, and I know, I know, uh, you work out on a regular basis. Talk about your healthiness and your workout. I wanna get that out of the way real quick.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, Tony, you know, man, one thing that I have done is I, I have always wanted to make sure that I take care of the temple that God that has given me. And so um I do, I, I, I walk three miles a day and uh, I work out, you know, I don't lift heavy because, you know, I do realize I'm not trying to be Hercules. I just wanna be in the best possible shape that I can be in. So I do, I try to watch what I eat. You know, I even moved to the whole plant-based uh, burgers and beyond burgers um i try to do things to eat as healthy as i can does that mean i don't have a steak nope i get to get one but i do it once a month i just do it when i just am going to treat myself for all of the hard work because i realize man come next year i'll be 60 and uh, the, the the older we get we just have to take care of the temple that god gave us you know um i always admonish my people my loved ones my family that you know we can go ahead and cheat like on thanksgiving on christmas but we can't eat pork all year long and fried foods all year long. You don't eat no vegetables, don't drink no water. You just have to take care of your temple because I believe that you'll be here longer. And I think a lot of people's lives are cut short because um, they just don't take care of their health. Mm-hmm. And we as the people of color, we believe, in especially after we come from church and after we've had our concerts and stuff, we you know, we're trying to make it to Kentucky Fried Chicken and get a three-piece and some mashed potatoes. Maybe all we need is some green beans, maybe a salad and some water. And um, I just learned that um, if I want to be here a while, I just have to take care of the temple that the Lord gave me.
0: And I'm so glad you said that. And and, and I appreciate you sharing that, Byron, because so often we do get caught up in our celebrations of of praise. And, and we get together as a family and we forget sometimes we need to take care of the vessel that God did give us. So thank you for giving us that information. And, it, and I'm sure it's encouraging a lot of folks today. So been in the industry for a long time. 30-some 30, 30 years? How long have you been in, as far as a performing artist? I know you've been in in the industry in some sort for over 30 years, but as a performer, how how long? Yeah, you know, my first record came out in 1995. So yeah. this is year 26. Now that we're in
1: 2021, uh, I came out with an album called Dwell Among Us. And um, I was one of the first ones uh, in the African American uh, gospel community to do an all praise and worship record. Because for the most part, remember, Back during that time, you had a lot of the choirs. They were still doing a lot of music, and it was about the choir, the choir, the choir. And I Mm -hmm. did two CDs uh, in the 90s. Uh, The first one was called Dwell Among Us. The second CD I did was called Transparent in Your Presence because I was just really trying to raise the awareness of what it is that we do. Uh, And I thank God that those uh, CDs, you know, had their measured amounts of success. They both been nominated for for stellar awards, and I had a chance to matriculate into the gospel community. Um, but then I had a seven year uh, break where, you know, air gospel and I parted ways uh, after the second record I did for them. And I, I I went on a journey and the journey was just trying to see what I was going to do next with the praise and worship. And uh, the Lord blessed me to uh, have been invited by Bishop Paul Sylvester Morton to be the praise and worship leader for Full Gospel Baptist Fellowship. Because at that time I was at um, New, uh, New Birth Missionary Baptist Church, the late Bishop Eddie Long was the pastor Mm -hmm. and um, I was the um, minister of music there and I did the praise and worship. And in his consecration to being the third presiding bishop, um, Bishop Morton looked through the window and saw me leading praise and worship. And he asked uh, his sister, who was that? And because I'm from Detroit too, she and I used to sing together with Minister Thomas Whitfield. She said, oh, that's Byron Cage. He's from Detroit. He's a minister of music here. He said, I like that. We need praise and worship in full gospel Baptist fellowship. So Bishop approached me and asked me what I lead praise and worship for the conference. I had no idea what it was going to do because you know the, the the traditional thing is Baptist people for the most part, we, you know, you remember Tony, you know, when I first got to New Birth, they were, I love the lawn, my They were very traditional yeah. and they were very structured in their ways. But um, I was just so blessed that he asked me to come, but I didn't know how I was gonna be received because the first year the Full Gospel Baptist Fellowship Mass Choir was together, it was like almost a thousand of them. And here I'm standing on the stage before each service with nine to 10 singers, but God began to put things in Bishop's heart that he loved that. And I introduced a song that year to the conference called Shabbok. And mm-hmm. we did Shabak and we danced and carrod, and the place went bananas. They couldn't believe it. And what was amazing is the following year when we got to Full Gospel, almost every Full Gospel Baptist Fellowship Church had a praise team where they didn't have it before. They only had a choir. And uh, Vicki McLatayad approached me at that time and asked me would I record Shabbat. And I said, oh, I would love to. So I recorded Shabbat. And then, of course, after that, I recorded and wrote a song called Yet Praise Him. And uh, that was the one of the biggest songs on that record, uh, Airplay and all that kind of good stuff. So that's when Vicky approached me. And I just look at that seven years break that I had and it was just amazing that God was setting me up for 2002 where she would connect me with Kirk Carr to produce my first solo record on Gospel Century.
0: You know, and, and I'm thinking about when you, when you talk about really changing the way that praise and worship was in the Baptist church, because you're absolutely right. You never saw that. Growing mm-hmm. up, I never saw that. You came in, the choir marched in, the choir did what they did. Yeah. And it was a done deal. So the praise and worship was never there. So that had to make you feel good to know that just doing that really kind of changed the way that things were done in, in, in that particular uh, uh, congregation in that church and across the board. Because now you see in all kinds of congregations, praise yeah. and worship. Yeah. and it's And I'm just so blessed, man. I'm
1: so thankful because the people that I saw do praise and worship, of course, my late mentor who taught me how to do praise and worship was the late minister, Thomas Whitfield. Yeah. And you will hear him leading worship on some of his um, uh, beginning CDs and he'll be exhorted. He did a song called, Dear Jesus, son of the living God, we extol you and adore you. And I had never heard that before. I mean, mm-hmm. the only praise and worship that I heard was a song Andre Crouch wrote called Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. That's really the only praise song that was kind of labeled as praise and worship. And um, I was just so thankful that, you know, once I heard Thomas Whitfield do it, I became uh, a student. I wanted to learn more about it. So there weren't many churches doing it. You had West Angeles Church of God in Christ, had Saints in Praise with Patrick Henderson. Of course, later on, it was Judy Christie McAllister. And then the only other person that I saw on the church side doing it was Bishop Carlton Pearson when he had Gary Oliver do songs like Welcome Into This Place, Lord Prepare. There were so many wonderful songs that were coming up during the time that I was coming up that I kind of gleaned from. And so when God, you know, gave me the opportunity to be able to do praise and worship at that level, I think I was the first gospel artist to actually bring the genre of praise and worship, you know, to the masses of churches where churches now uh, would would develop uh, teams intentionally. Uh, that would be a blessing in ministry.
0: So your anthem, everybody. I mean, you've had so many hits and so many things that have impacted folks. But the presence of the Lord is here. That that song, even. What what got you to the point where that song was created? How, how did that come about? Because I, I don't know anybody that doesn't know what I. When we play it on 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 uh, delight, I'm telling you, every time I play it, I don't care where I, even when I'm in the car listening to it, you you move to it and you get that anointing. And I know that had to be a part of you writing that song, brother. It is such
1: a process. When we understand god and wanting to be vessels to be used by him and that's literally all i was because um back during that time again I, I came in at a place where i hadn't had a new record out in seven years and though i did the two songs with full gospel um when i did yet praise and vicky McElotte, had signed me to gospel centric of course which had kirk franklin and so many wonderful artists on it and uh, even though when i signed with her she um did not actually, because I, I, I sat with one producer, sat with another producer, and we couldn't come up with what it was that, that I really wanted to do. So Kirk Carr actually asked Vicky, you know, I would like to work with Byron. Can I produce him? I would love to, because up until that time, he really had only produced his his music with his group, the Kirk Carr Singers. And uh, so I flew to L.A. and sat down with Kirk Carr, and he actually said, hey, Byron, I have this idea for a song called the presence of the Lord is here. I said, man, I love it. So he played it for me. I said, Kirk, can we slow it down at the beginning He say, presence of the Lord is here. Can we slow that down first? He said, yeah, yeah, we can do that. And um, we, we we began that whole process of putting the music and the songs together. And, and I praise somebody uh, who is up and coming, is trying to do a listen to the story. I try to make it as brief as possible. But it was amazing because I had written songs that I wanted to be on that album as well. Um, but Vicki McLattead wanted me to really be the artist and not worry about the writing piece. Okay. Um, when I wrote all of my first two records and the Shabbat Yet praised Himself, I knew I had the anointing of God to write, but for whatever reason, Vicki felt like, you know, just be the artist. We got Kirk here. He's going to write, da, da da And so thusly, Kirk Carr wrote a song for me called Presence of the Lord is Here, okay. which just crazily... Uh, Took me from not obscurity, but it took me from a place where you know I had a measured amount of people that knew me and liked the ministry. But when I did that particular song, that's when God allowed me to become worldwide. And, um, you know, Benny Hinn, I traveled the world with him through Australia and Africa, South Africa, um, Brussels, the Wales, Denmark. I mean, I've traveled all over the world singing just that one song benny hen would contact my management and said we need byron to come i would go to these stadiums with hundreds of thousands of people uh watching them on the autotron or, or in the actual coliseum itself, and he would always say by the cage come sing our song the presence of the lord is you know and I would, I, I would just marvel at the fact that god would um really bless me because of faithfulness because it started out uh as a minister of music being faithful at a church serving uh, vision, serving leadership. And and I watched Kirk Franklin and Hezekiah Walker and so many of the other gospel artists get that season when they were in their 20s and when they were early. I recorded, Tony, The Presence of the Lord is Here when I was 40. Really? I recorded that when I was 40, yeah. Wow. So it showed me that God has the ability to take you to a wealthy place, to a place where it's undeniable. And, and you knew God's hand was on it. And so when I sat with Kirk Clark and he produced the song, then, of course, there came all the other songs. There is a name and it is to you and Psalm three and so many songs that begin to uh, uh, net God's people uh, with my music. And I'm just so grateful, man. I'm so thankful to God that he gave me music to give to the world. And uh, of course, once you do that, once the music is in the earth, it really lives forever, you know? And um, Mm -hmm. I'm just grateful, man. I'm just, I'm very humbled and just very, uh, um, just sometimes you feel like you're unworthy because I'm not a perfect person. But I tell people all the time, I have perfect tendencies.
0: I love that. I love that. But let's talk about the industry a little bit because over the years you've been in it long enough to see and have seen the change that have gone that has gone on in the industry. Um, different different classifications, I guess you could put it when it comes to gospel music. Talk about that a little bit because there, there of course is traditional. Now you got rap music. Now you got praise and worship. You have so many different areas covered in gospel and or praise. Talk about how. How you feel? How it's affected the 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 uh, the saints in the community? Because I, I I like to think of it this way: there's now something for everyone, mm-hmm. but is it still as effective as it used to be? Being the message, are the messages getting through like they used to be? Well, Tony, it really depends on who you ask of what their answer okay. is going to be, okay. because
1: a lot of people, I think, a lot of times feel because because me, I, I would personally say this. I grew up on gospel music. My heroes were people like uh, Walter Hawkins, um, uh, Maddie Moss Clark, um, Donald Vales, uh, James Moore, Milton uh, Brunson. Um, I had so many wonderful artists, the Clark sisters, the Winans, that when I was growing up as a teenager listening to them, I knew I wanted to do that. And they had the different styles of contemporary uh, and and gospel, mm-hmm. but when we came out, it was a little bit different because the choir was still real strong, and then praise and worship happened. And I don't mind people uh, using different methods uh, to get to God and to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. Um, I don't mind that at all. But what I do want to do is make sure we're still intentional in preserving who we are. Um, and here again, this is controversial. What I'm going to say, but um, I think the CCM situation has really uh, put our our, our gospel music course on a path where, you know, certain people are divided because they feel like maybe the artists like myself should go away because I'm older. Or maybe the younger people that are coming up are trying to be white and CCM and trying to have the rock guitar as Mm -hmm. opposed to the uh, Hammond B3 organ. When I think we can coexist together as long as we understand and respect. And that's one thing that I haven't always felt. Um, As much as I put in the earth praise and worship wise, there have been some quote unquote giants um, who are big praise and worship leaders now who really have almost passed by me in public and have said nothing as if uh, there's no acknowledgement of what I contributed to this industry. And it's sad, you know, but I still love them. I still buy their records. Um, And I can almost pinpoint when it happened, even with full gospel Baptist fellowship, um, the years that I did Shabak and yet praise him, there was another young man that came on the scene and uh, he became a part of the praise team for Full Gospel as well. Amazing man of God, preacher, my brother, I love him for life. I mean, he is an incredible uh, minister of music. He's an incredible pastor. And that's the person of Bishop William Murphy. And when William Murphy came along and I stepped down for being um, the praise worship leader and became the general overseer for Full Mm -hmm. Gospel, uh, Bishop Murphy, Wanted to change it a little bit. So he did a song called How Great Is Our God. And he brought into an acoustic guitar sound into the fellowship that began to change, I think, the narrative of what uh, he wanted the sound. Because Bishop said, There's a sound. Bishop Morton kept saying, There's a sound that we want. This God is giving us to a sound. And so uh, Bishop Murphy introduced the sound in that major way. And then, of course, under Bishop Murphy, you had Rashawn Mitchell. Who then became a major artist major mm-hmm. praise and worship artist with nobody greater and then a lot of the stuff that he did jesus is the sweetest uh man i know and all of the wonderful stuff and then after Vishon mitchell there was a young lady by the name of tasha Cobbs for, yeah. that was that full gospel baptist fellowship and people need to really understand your history of um those individuals who were the catalyst for the motivation to achieve in worship of uh, the type of sounds that uh, were in, um you know, songs like Shabbat. Can you see me? Yes. Uh, I'm coming out with songs like Shabbat, Yet Crazy. Um, Murphy's coming out with songs like How Great Is Our God and some of the other uh, worship songs that were from the CCM Hillsong side. And then you had Sean Mitchell that uh, is a church boy, but still a praise and worship leader. But he still embraced the passion of what praise and worship was. And then now you have Tasha Cobbs, who's come. And so I, I love it that we can celebrate each other but i don't want us to forget and to preserve who we are at the same time which is what my current single really has been about the the single on my my latest album isolation the first one was oh how good it is which was more of a contemporary kind of sound and then Mm -hmm. of course i came back with i can't give up which is straight church because i have the ability to uh respect both and understand that if you come to my house tony and I say, hey man, there's gonna be a meal. I'm just not gonna have collard greens. I have to have some cornbread on there. Yeah. Some dressing. If you like chitlins, you know, I like chitlins. We have some chilling We're gonna do what we need to do so everybody can eat
0: from the plate. That's what's so important to me. I love that. And let's talk, because isolation, seven years in the making, I, I read? Seven years in the making, isn't it funny? There was
1: seven years between transparent in your presence, and presence of the Lord is here. And it was seven years in memoirs of a worshiper in isolation. I did two singles uh, at radio. I did a song called Like No Other That I wrote. And I did another song that went to radio called Good To Me. And then, but it was seven years. Yeah, there's something about that number that you go through. People say seven is the number of completion. And God does a new thing in the earth. He does a new thing in you. And uh, he certainly did something uh, uh, with me uh, with isolation because I was ready to not quit, but I wasn't just as Woody to jump in there and do all the songs and the albums anymore because people didn't buy CDs anymore. They stream and they, you know, go get their music on, you know, Siri and, and, and Alexa and Spotify and, and all of the other streaming services. And that is something
0: different that I just was not used to. Gotcha. And speaking of, I'm just going to say expanding because... It, it took you the time that it did to do what you're doing now, and you still sound great. But now you're an author. Talk about that a little bit. Talk about your your, your, your new book. Yeah, man. I recorded, Um, not recorded
1: that. I wrote the book because I wanted to chronicle the 30 years that I had uh, to serve uh, in ministry full time. I, I stepped out of corporate America in 1990, uh, no, 1988, I stepped out. I worked at a a long-distance company, and I was doing very, very well. I was climbing the corporate ladder, but I just didn't feel like that was supposed to be what I had been called to do. So I stepped out by faith and began to just do music full-time. And um, I tell you, man, my 30 years that I talk about when I first came to New Birth, that was my first full-time position. And New Birth at the time, uh, Bishop Eddie Long was the only Reverend Eddie Long. He had been at New Birth for 10 months before I was hired. And he was traditional Baptist. I came in from the Pentecostal assemblies of the world. So, you know, he's, you know, Baptist and I'm speaking in tongues and Holy Ghost filled and fire baptized and all of that. But the good thing is that he was only 30, 34 when I got there. And I think I was 22, 23. Mm -hmm. And um, the ministry was in a smaller uh, chapel, 2778, snapped in the room. And when I first got there, they only had like 300. 400 members, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I remember walking in to the Bible study, first of all, that my, excuse me, uh, one of my roommates uh, at Morehouse College uh, was the minister of music at the time, and he invited me to come to the day Bible study that they had, only 10 people, and Reverend Eddie Long preached um, a message about God has not given us a spirit of fear, and he he uh, met me, and, and Jonathan said he's a singer, he asked what I come back and minister for the Wednesday night Bible study. I came and sat down on the organ and sang and ministered, and Bishop Long, or Reverend Long at the time, gave me a job immediately, put me over the male chorus to direct the men's choir, and that began the whole process of me uh, understanding ministry. And from that time to all the ministries that I served in the 30 years, um, I decided to write a book called I Do, The Marriage Between a Pastor and Music Ministry, uh, because it's missed in so many places. A lot of pastors, a lot of times, thinks that uh, musicians are just rebellious, when a lot of times pastors just have to articulate clearly what we want. If you want strawberries, say that. Don't say you want fruit, and then because we gave you watermelon, you're mad. All you have to do is be clear, speak the vision. The Bible says, write your vision, make it plain, so they which run can run all and put things in place. And and Bishop Long and I especially really mastered that well, because when I first got to, to New Birth again, you know, I was speaking in tongues and, and, and you know, the trustees were smoking in the bathroom in the church. So it was wow. just a complete breakdown that yeah. I had to understand and go slow because they didn't understand the, the gifting and the infilling of the Holy Ghost during that time. But God began to change uh, Bishop Long's heart and all of the ministers that were there um, began to embrace what God was doing. And so what I talk about in the book, it's, it's a how to guide to get along between of the ministry of the word and the ministry of music. And I just talk about traps and things that can happen that can hinder you if you're not uh, a yielded vessel. If all you're worried about musical people is that you can slay the church and wreck the house because we know how to do that. We know how to to hurl our cliches. I talk about it in the book that has absolutely nothing to do with what God is doing right now It's all flesh. And you're just wanting to get the rouse of the people but you don't get the attention of God. And in those instances, we have to make sure that we keep God first in ministry. And that's what the book really is about. It's just a how-to book to sit in a pulpit and get along with a pastor and you all don't kill each other at the end of the day. That's what the book is about.
0: <laughs> and, and it's available on Amazon, and any oh, yeah. question you can get online, right? Oh yeah, yeah, you can get it anywhere where books are
1: sold. There are even electronic books uh, on Amazon if you want to get electronically. And uh, you can even go in on uh, Amazon right now and just read a couple chapters and uh, see if it's for you because um, I don't think everything is for everybody because it may not be your testimony. But if you are really a minister of music that's striving to understand pastors and understand how to bring forth vision in a powerful way, I think this would be the book for you. Absolutely.
0: Byron, let me me, uh, ask you, how are you feeling about um, the church right now? Because so many people are critical of the church. There's so many folks that uh, growing up like you did, growing up like I also did mm-hmm. um, when we did, I mean, going to church all the time, being in church, parents were grandparents. It, it was a family event. And mm-hmm. so many folks are unchurched now. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we're seeing so many different things happen in our society and in our community. What do you say to those individuals when they, they, they are very critical of the church, mm-hmm. but they're not seeing and understanding the church is doing only what they can with where they are?
1: Yeah, Tony, totally. that's a great question, and it's a great question because I think a lot of times um, uh, the younger generation, especially millennials and people that have uh, not come up necessarily where church was mandatory. So you and I, we had to go to church. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That was the bottom line. We were not going to sleep in on a Sunday morning. We had to get up and go to church and do what God. But but the, the, the generation after us, uh, they had something called social media. And social media... Uh, provide you to go online and google things and uh, 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 pretty much at your fingertips. you can have whatever you want in the world information about. And it created, I think, um, a generation of people that became uh, takers and and just wanting everything. You know, a lot of the apps on here, a lot of things that we get on here are free. Uh, that wasn't our generation coming up. Like, I even remember the first record that I bought, the first LP that I bought in 1977 uh, was a record from a new artist at that time named Walter Hawkins, and oh, it's wow. called Love Alive One. Yeah, And I, I remember buying that record because I loved that song, Going Up Yonder. The Church used to sing it. Oh, it was amazing. But as I began to listen to the whole record, I began to wow embrace this artist's ministry and what he was providing and i can't imagine that if that album came out in 2021 and everybody loved going up yonder and didn't know that change was on the same record wow and 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 so i i look at the way we are now and i pray that we get back to a place where we want to come back and fellowship again because me this is me personally um i I don't care about color-coordinated outfits. I grew up in a time of choir robes. Um, I don't care about a lot of uh, the fluff and the runs and the riffs. I just want the anointing of God to be present in your ministry. Because if I leave and all I could say is you could really sing, uh, you really didn't uh, didn't minister you know, to your full potential because you are relying on your gifts and your talents. But the word says it's the anointing that's going to destroy yokes. It's going to allow for atmospheres to be shifted. And you have to be able to be uh, a yielded vessel to him that, you know, you want the praises of God more than you want the praises of man. And I think that's what I'm seeing a lot. Um, uh, I'm, I'm seeing that the uh, a lot of the ministries really lean more toward, um, you know, the LED walls and the lights and all of the bells and whistles. And it's almost like you're at a rock concert Right, where we grew up in a church where you have the choir loft and the pulpit and the instruments and the musicians. And that was the way that um, I learned it. And that's the way that I love it. Not saying that the way today is not effective. I just want to make sure that your intentions are right. And that we should always give the glory back to God, not in what we have on, not in you know our extremely wonderful, talented selves, but we really go back to the real thing, which is evangelism and making sure that souls can be saved and everybody before the Lord's return will hear of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not looking at you, but I'm looking at God.
0: Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that because so many people need to understand that. And, 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 and I look at it the same way. I think to myself sometimes, man, if people just realize that the things that they're looking at aren't feeding them and they're not getting the word and they're, it looks good. It sounds great. But if you're leaving there and you're not reciting or not feeling what you just went through, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it's just not the same. Let me, let me, let me ask this in the context of uh man to man, the brothers out there, mm-hmm. there are so many brothers out there that don't seem to be that example that God talks about in the word, in the mm-hmm. Bible. What do you say to those brothers who who seem to be lost in the context of taking that leadership role and taking that position of being the head of the households and the head of the families?
1: Yeah, Tony, you know, I think so many people, because you know this, when we grew up in church, the majority of the people that went to church were men. I'm sorry, were women. Right. Brothers would stay at home. They'd be waiting for football to come on. They sleep in because that's their day to rest and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but one good thing that the Bible says: Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Uh, he desires men. He created men first when he created Adam and in, in in the Garden of Eden. And the Bible says that before God created Adam, he was through the Garden creating everything, and God was lonely. And he still said, "I'm lonely after creating all of this." You know, he said, "I know what I'll do." He said, "I'll make man." in my own image and in my likeness. And so God uh, made man, and he created him, and God was satisfied. God was satisfied with what he created. He has now someone that he can fellowship with. It's because God always wanted to fellowship with man from the very beginning. But just as God created the, the heavens and the earth and the water and the animals, and he still was lonely, he created Adam, and Adam satisfied God. But then God saw that Adam wasn't satisfied. Because man's appetite is so insatiable, and we always want to pull toward different things. We always want different things that we have to be very, very careful. Uh, because when, when Adam began to, to look for it, and the Bible says God uh, made Adam go to sleep, pulled a rib, and created Eve. And so now Adam uh, is satisfied. God is satisfied with his world and Adam. Adam wasn't satisfied, but now Adam's satisfied with Eve. Now, Eve, on the other hand, was created because Adam needed something. And then Eve wasn't satisfied and went to a serpent and listened to a snake because we are still in the flesh. We live in a place in our lives that because we are flesh, unless we really sell out and subject our soul and our lives to God, um, Mm -hmm. we will always chase after things. And I think that's what men do. Men chase after what they think is going to make them satisfied when really your relationship with jesus christ because he created us first says oh how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity to understand when we unify our minds we unify our hearts we unify our spirits the bible says then the anointing oil will fall from the head all the way down that's what men are that's why uh, the enemy wants to attack men so so hard because god created us first to subdue the earth to take care of and do what it is that we have been anointed to do. But we miss our post when we take our eyes and our focus off of the one who ordained us from the beginning, before the foundations of the world, to be the priest, the king of our homes and of those things that God has placed us dominion over.
0: You know Byron, I when I when I hear you say that and I listen to the to your word, it just it's encouraging. To, to know that you're doing what you're doing and you're continuing to do so. So thank you so much. And thank you for uh, just sharing that information with us. So I, I know we're dealing with COVID. I understand we've got COVID going on and we're not doing the concerts and those kinds of things. But what do we have to look forward to? Cause I know the the, the, the album, new single out, uh, the book, what, what kind of things are we, we have coming from you? Cause I, I, every time you have something I want to make sure we let everybody know has something coming up, yeah, I appreciate it, man, and it's so funny uh, the the title
1: you know what the title of my last album uh, was that came yeah. out in two thousand nineteen was that it came out in two thousand nineteen in the month of September, and I wrote the song a few years ago and I remember waking up uh or God woke me up around three in the morning and right. I started writing these words I was like, what is going on and the words say Iso- isolated by myself. Right. Trusting you, Lord, you're my help. You're ever present when I'm overwhelmed because in quiet times you give me peace and I've got joy because you lifted me. Then it says, alone, but I'm not lonely because your spirit comforts me. In times of trouble, you'll sustain me because in quiet times you give me peace. You get revelation and clarity. And then the last verse says, lend your ear, Lord, when I cry, when I grow weary, please draw nigh. You're the God of comfort, the God of my times. In quiet times you give me peace and in your presence there is release. And then it says this, He's preparing me for what i need and he's protecting me from what i can't see the name of the song that came out in september which is the title of the album is called isolation i had no idea that three months later the pandemic and covid 19 was getting ready to put us on our back it was getting ready to put us in a place of isolation and i began to thank god that um I try to be sensitive to hear his voice. I try to be sensitive to write music that is going to shape the foundation of where we are. And those individuals that are looking more than just, you know, you know, he'll give you food on your table. And I know the Lord is able, we know all of that. But when we get to a place like we had in 2020, which was probably one of the most difficult years of my life, you're talking about, I'm used to ministering somewhere every week. Yeah. And the whole year shut down. I worked three times in 2020, three concerts, that was it. And I looked and I said, God, you gave me this song because you knew that we were getting ready to go through this pandemic and this moment of isolation. You know, everybody else was writing, your miracle is on the way. And, you know, JJ Harrison had a miracle song. Everybody was doing songs about the miracle. You know, my my brother, Pastor Mike, you know, God gave him a song called, it's gonna be big. God's about to blow my mind. And I keep watching death, COVID-19 deaths rise. And I'm like, where's this big blessing that we keep hearing about? You know what I'm saying? But I think God got us to a place where we had to really, again, humble ourselves before his mighty hand. And understand, if we seek him first, his kingdom, he's going to add everything unto us. But he had to get us to a place where we had to seek him, turn from our wicked ways. uh, And now I believe he is healing the land now uh, because we had leadership in our country uh, that was... I don't want to say demonic. I don't want to do that. But I do want to say certainly a lot of the things, if you say you're a Christian, there's certainly a lot of things that come up that if you do stuff contrary to that, then right. it makes me wonder where your heart is and if you are really passionate. And I don't care how many speaking in tongue pastors are around uh, you saying the different things that they say to you to make you think that some way, somehow what you're doing is right. I'm doing a a, a a room tonight on Clubhouse called The Church in Black and White. And I'm going in tonight, I'm going in, because uh, I I think that we have, as a people of color, we have always been told, you know, this is what it is. And we just always accepted it. But at the point in time we challenged it and we got into the word and understood the word for ourselves. that God had a purpose for our life beyond being slaves. God has called us more than just being subservient to somebody. So I refuse to let anybody tell me what God uh, has said when he hasn't said it, especially prophetically, when it doesn't come to pass. yeah, And that means perhaps you're not a prophet. And so we'll be talking about that tonight, man. And then, of course, I can't give up. Uh, I made that the next single because that's right. where we are. And here I've, again, brother, remember, Tony, that came out in in, in August of uh, September 2019. Right. You know, I can't give up. I can't give in. I won't turn back. I'm built to win because although trials often come, there's still a race for me to run. And I can't give up. I can't give in. I won't give up. Then I go to that part where I say, never uh, will I worry or complain? Never. You know, I'm not going to lose. I'm going to gain. Never am I going to throw in the towel? Never, because you promised you make a way for me somehow. And then I go to that part that says, he's keeping me. He's keeping me alive. That's a prophetic song. Yeah. That's a song where everybody is singing it now because, oh, my God, I'm still alive. We're looking at, what, almost 500,000 deaths now? Yeah. Yet we're still alive? Yeah. Those are songs of the Lord, and um, I, I say that very humbly, not arrogantly at all. I just think that I spend a little bit of different time with Him because I'm up so early in the morning at four, just praying and just asking God to help me because I'm crazy too, you know. And <laughs> I just want to please the Lord, and I just yeah. want the music to please the Lord. So now I'm working on my next CD, which will come out probably toward the end of this year, gotcha. and. Um, i'm just looking forward man to the lord doing some things because 2019 was supposed to be the year that i did my tour uh, along with the the new cd and the new book and then all of it went out the window it all went out the window but god knows but yet still um i questioned him and it's okay to question god but at the end of the day when you get up you have to accept what he allows
0: and, and you know what? And, and taking the time with us and, and allowing us this moment is something special for us. And I, when I, I hear you talk about um, just the seven year, that, that perfect number, that anointed number, and then isolation. And it, it, it reminded me, because I know Brian Courtney Wilson's a friend of yours. Mm-hmm. And, and when I think about your isolation and his still, and we, we got these messages of what, mm-hmm. understanding of what we need to do and what we should have been doing during this time. So thank you for that anointing. Thank you for that message. And thank you for the ability to just give us the word the way that we should be getting it.
1: Tony, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for just allowing me a few times to uh, just to spend a talk about God, and talk about his faithfulness and prayerfully say something that will give people hope and inspire them to know that what we had to go through may not have looked good. It may not have felt good, but it's still going to work together for the good.
0: Byron Cage, blessings to you, you and your family. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we will be spinning, playing, and reading everything you got, my brother. Praise God, man. I appreciate you, brother. Bless you, sir. Thank you. That does it for this version of our Inspire You, the podcast with Byron Cage. Enjoy the remainder of your opportunities to listen and keep it tuned right here.